All right. Well, welcome back. Hello. So we are going to cover the curse of Giles Corey today from Massachusetts. It's from Salem. So I'm very excited because I love Salem. <laughs> Sounds witchy. It is witchy, actually. <laughs> so you guys will recognize his name. Um, he's actually in a lot of different history books. And whenever you hear stories of Salem or Massachusetts or the um, witch trials, you're always going to hear his name. Um, Mr. Giles Corey. Yes, he was a huge part of the trials. Um, and then this is the curse of like, not just him, but the curse that he put on the town itself. So it's even more fun because he is cursed and he cursed the town. So it's even more fun for me. Fascinating. <laughs> kind of fascinating. Fascinating. It sounds like a faucet. <laughs> so, so originally he is from England. Um, he was born in 1621, but he emigrated, 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 emigrated to Massachusetts Bay Area. Um, right after he married his first wife, Margaret. This is wife number one. So key point here, guys. Wife number one. Number uno. Um, so we're going to start kind of with like uh, an outline of his story. Um, and then we'll get more into like all of the, the details. All the gory and creepy details. Those are the best type of details. My favorite kind. So he first lived in Salem town but then moved to Salem Village in 1959. And that's when he became a farmer. So right after this, his wife died. But shortly after that, he married a London immigrant named Mary. So you have Margaret and Mary. He likes those M's. Hey! Oh, no, and just wait, it gets even better. It gets better. So he definitely likes the M's. But, um... So he married her April 11th, 1664... But Mary died in 1818, in 1684. Wait, Jennifer, what the fuck did you just say? They married in 1664. She died in 1684. That makes more sense. Get your life together, Jennifer. Read. So they were married so sh- for 20 years? Uh, Yeah, like 20 years. So he's been married twice. Um, and he's actually been married for a long time. So he's married. The He's just, he's crazy. Um, so after she died, he married a widow named Martha in 1690. So like I said, he likes those M's. He's all about those M's. Hi, Miranda. Hey, Jennifer. (laughs) So the town people knew him as a violent man. He was actually um, charged with beating his farmhand, Jacob, to to death with a stick in 1976. Um, he stood trial, and during which uh, John, okay, so John Proctor, which everybody knows his name, um, testified that he heard Corey admit to beating Jacob, but in the end, he was only fined for his actions. He actually wasn't put to death or jail or anything. So, you know, again, here we go. I have John Proctor, who is somebody who everybody knows that name. Like, his house still stands in Salem, and you can go and see it, and that name is prominent. Like, people know him. I just find it interesting how they had, I mean, yes, it was hearsay, but they had some form of evidence against him 
and he was technically found guilty but only fined for his actions but when you think of the Salem witch trials they had no evidence against these women and these girls and yet they were sentenced to death and that's where it gets interesting um so many locals believe um that Corey paid for his freedom so that he just kind of paid off the judge um this death forever tainted Corey's reputation reputation can i talk tonight apparently not seriously um reputation thank you i'm like i can't even fucking say the word tonight um in salem but it also later to, came back to haunt him during his witch trial well good screw him so that's kind of like the backstory a little bit on mr Corey here um so going on to like the actual trials so when the trials began giles and his wife um martha they were some of the first people to attend the pre like the pre-trial examination examinations in salem's village so all of these people were like examined by a doctor to see if they were witches or not because they just mark because yeah they believe that there was a mark on their body the curse the the what you went blank i wish you guys could see her face because she like was so excited to say something and then as she went well, all I can oh, remember shit. about the witch's mark is from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch when they're trying to prove that she's a witch or if she's immortal. And they're, like, looking for the witch's mark. That's what I think of. I didn't even think of that, but that definitely was, like, what would come to my mind, too. Um, but they, like, look for, like, warts and stuff because they believed that witches had some type of imperfection on their body. <laughs> well, that must be a witch. Right. Um, so, as they went on, Martha began to doubt what was going on and what they were doing um, and tried to get Giles to stop going to them. Um, But the actions that she did trying to get him to stop made her become, people became very suspicious of her. Like, oh, why do you care so much? What are you trying to hide? Are you a witch? Exactly. No, I'm just a decent human being. Try not to kill all of these young women. Um, But by the mid of March, rumors began that Martha was a witch. Shocker. I know. Um, And then from there, Corey's official troubles began Monday, March 21st, 1692, when Martha was arrested on the charges of witchcraft. Corey was so swept up in the madness, he believed and accused his wife himself. Um, He also testified against her on March 24th. And during his testimony against Martha, he spoke of sudden illnesses to his ox and pet cat and described how his wife would stay up late nights and kneel by the fireplace as if she was in prayer. But she never, but he never heard her recite an actual prayer from the book. Um, And then on April 18th, 1692, an arrest warrant for Giles Corey um, was put out after... A few women, so there's Anne, Marcy, Abigail, Mary, and Elizabeth, accused him of practicing witchcraft against them. <laughs> Karma. Um, after he was arrested, he was brought in for his examination. Um, and at this point, he changed his mind, mind about the witchcrafts. Like, he was like, oh, I'm so against this. Like, this is not true. Like, you guys are faking it style. Um, so he had his examination on April 19th um, where the judge repeatedly accused him of lying and even tied his hands to prevent him from practicing witchcraft in the courtroom. 
So what's really cool about this, I actually have recorded documents that like, what are those people in the courtroom that like type everything up when someone's talking? What are they called? I don't remember what they're called. Um, but they had one of those present and this person recorded everything and had a journal about it. So it's even more fun. Cause I'm like, Ooh, look at all these stories that we get to read out loud. Are you looking up what it is? I forget what it is. Um, Stenographer. Thank you. That's what it's called. How did you not remember that? I, me not remembering it makes sense. Like, have you met me? But like, oh, why am I just gonna remember what? What is a courtroom typer person called? Oh, that's a stenographer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like you should remember that. Though. I mean, anyways. Um. So, the records show um that as he was in the courtroom, the girl started having seizures. Um, fits, troubles with pinching, and the court ordered his hands to be tied. Um, so this is what he's recording. So Corey says, I am a poor creature and I cannot be helped. Um, at this point, upon the mention of his hand of his head again, and his hands were tied and neck his hands were tied to his neck. So he was like, eh. You know how okay, good. You guys can't see, but I just made a joke here. <laughs> Oh no. Like, uh, uh, I'm literally the only one who can see you. Yeah, I was thinking more of like this. <laughs> or like, you know how when a cop says, put your hands on your head. Like, that's what I picture. Like, I don't picture. But how are you going to tie it to their neck? I don't know. That's his hands so were tied weird. to his neck. Um, no, that's some witchcraft. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the snorting please <laughs> we'll never get through this episode because you'll just i'll be laughing the whole time okay so after this they untied one of his hands so when they untied one of his hands the girls started having fits all over again um so it's kind of like interesting that even though he says up and down swears to god he's not a witch these women are faking fits against him to kind of show oh well yes he is look at what's happening to me Yes. Um, so they used his um, testif- his testification, really. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? Testimony? Yeah, I can't talk. Okay, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm like having issues tonight. Yes. I thought you were going to say something else super inappropriate. So I was like, Jennifer! Oh, I can say that on here. This is only for 18 and over. Unless you have your mother's permission. Um, uh-huh. Totally. Totally have my mother's permission. Um, so with that, they used what he said against his wife against him during his. Um, witnesses were coming forward, consistently saying things about him. It was just kind of all crazy. When you make a bad reputation for yourself, I mean, people you did, are going to be the first ones that want to see you fall. You did kill someone. Um, although Corey had initially believed in the witch tri- trials and was like a willing participant in them, even against his own wife, uh, during all of this, he was no longer willing to participate. He was not going to give them anything. Um, in fact, Corey was so resist, like resistant um, during the witch trials that his own trial never moved forward because they he was never convicted, never moved forward, and he was never convicted because he died while being tortured by the sheriff that September. So they actually never convicted him at all. I mean. Karma's a bitch, ain't it? True. 
The torture was the result of his refuel, his like refuel. Really? Can I not fucking talk to you? Refusal. Thank you. Why? What is wrong with me? So I am Jennifer's verbal correct pronunciation tonight, guys. Yeah, I cannot talk. I mean, I, I normally can't talk, but like I cannot it's talk. It's Monday. Much. It is Monday. And I've legit like been sleeping all day. Kind of. Um, so he wouldn't enter a plea deal. And I mean, that in itself kind of makes you look kind of guilty. But what's really cool is how he did it because I never knew this. So this is kind of this is what was very interesting to me. Um, he had taken advantage of the widely used legal tactic of known as standing mute. He or ref- pleading the fifth. Yeah, so we use in the U.S. Um, the refusal to enter a plea in his case meant that the case could not go forward because he was not talking. So I was like. Oh, I didn't actually, I never knew anything about that. So that's really cool. So English law at the time ordered that any prisoner who stood mute to be tortured in the attempt to force out a plea, um, it's translated as like a strong and harsh punishment. So it's technically not allowed. Um, Granny, I think at this point we were so far away from England. How was that held up? Mm-hmm. Um, so... How they tortured him was they stripped... Did they beat him with a stick? <laughs> that would be ironic. Actually, I don't know. Let me double check that. Um, I'll read you how they tortured him and we'll find out because I don't remember. Um, they stripped him naked, laid him on the ground, placed a board with heavy stones on top of him. The weight was slowly increased over the course of several days until the prisoner, prisoner yield. Um, the idea to torture Corey may have also inspired the letter... Um, so it was a letter that Thomas Putman sent to the judge that they believed he paid off. Um, so what it was, was the torture orig- originally was thought up by this guy, Thomas. Um, Thomas was related to Jacob, the man that Corey had murdered. So they believe the torture was actually more of like a get back at that and less about the actual trials themselves. Yeah. Um, that's a really shitty way to go, though. Like, being crushed to that. Like, that sucks. Yes. So, I'm going to try and read this at the best of my abilities. But remember, I cannot talk tonight. Um, so, this is a statement from The Curse of Kyle, um, of Giles Corey. It's an actual book. Um, Last night, my daughter Anne was tormented by witches, threatened that she would be pressed to death before Giles Corey. But the goddess... The goodness of the goddess of God. I don't know what they're trying to say. She had a little bit of relief last night when he was being pushed to death. Um, he should not be hanged. That's a god. That's that's for God's punishment. He should be just be, just be buried and let himself die slowly, where hell can engorge him. Damn. That's what I'm saying. I was like, uh. What a brutal way to go, though, dude. That's what I'm saying. And they keep talking about it. And they're like, and then it goes on saying that Anne saw Giles in her house. And, like, even though at this point she thought he was dead, she saw him and she kept screaming to her father, get him off of me, get him off of me. He was a ghosty woasty. He wasn't even dead at that point. Oh, he is a very life but woasty. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Knowing that he'd probably die anyways, if not given jail, then 
than on the gallows. Many historic historians believe Giles refused to enter the plea deal to avoid um, excommunication before his death. That way that his estate would get passed down to his children instead of being claimed by the authorities. So this way, if he would have been convicted, his kids would have never gotten his house. They would have lost everything. Yes. So him staying mute and not getting convicted gave his family everything. I mean, you got to do what you got to do if you know you're going to die regardless, in my opinion. Um, yet, according to the Book of Salem Witch Trials uh, reference guide... That being the book, Corey had already had all of his things taken in and seized by the authorities. So at this point, he'd actually already lost everything. Did he know that? I don't know. They don't say that he did. I don't think he would, though. Like, especially if he was trying to stay mute to save his children. Yeah. I don't think he would know that they they took everything. They were. He was probably under the impression of, well, if I do this, then they get this. Yeah. Um... That are you okay? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Making really weird noises with my water bottle. It's fine. It's fine. Um, he actually had his tongue cut out of his mouth during one of the tortures. I mean, I'm like, how do you expect him to talk? Right. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, as things went on, people kept the people in the room that kept torturing him would kept screaming more weight, more weight. Um, at this point, he just kind of screamed out. So during his torture on September 18th, he actually was excommunicated from his church. Um, church documents argued that he was either guilty of witchcraft or of suicide due to his choice to rather be tortured rather than enter the plea. Entering the plea, you're going to die anyways. So at this point, the church was like, oh, you're going to kill yourself or... You're actually a witch. So no matter what, like, you're not going to go to heaven. You're not going to do any of these things. Like, we're not going to give you that opportunity. Um, Either way, he was considered a sinner and he was casted out of the church. uh, Just as his wife, a week earlier on September 11th, 1692, um, that's when she was excommunicated. And he was excommunicated, well, like, yeah, seven days later. Um... His excommunication was actually rescinded on um, in seventeen twelve. So he wasn't that excommunicated that long, and his wife's was um, rescinded on seventeen in seventeen o three. So it's even more interesting to me. Um, after being tortured for days, he finally died September nineteenth, sixteen ninety two, due to the gruesome and very public nature of. Corey's protest, it was said to have caused many Salem residents at the time to rethink the witch trials. According to the book, um, a historical skeptic of Salem is 1626 through 1879. Um, the man, Giles Corey, was 81 years old. He was um, put to death. Um, death was inflicted on him by officers of the law tended to wake the people of realization of the grave responsibilities resting on them as a Christ- as a Christian community. Doubts began to flood the public's mind as the justice of this was not held. Many historicals believe that his death was an act of protest, according to the Witchcraft of Salem book. Hmm. 
Yes. Um, according to court records, it appears despite Corey's efforts um, to protest his assets after his death, the sheriff, um, George Corwin, attempted to extort, 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 extort uh, his family for money by threatening to seize his assets if they did not pay him. Following all of this, um, a statement from Corey's son-in-law submitted to the court in 1710 seeking damages from Martha and Corey's imprisonment and death. So his family actually sued Salem after all of this. I mean, I could understand for Martha. I mean, obviously, like, he didn't deserve to die like that, but he was a murderer, so I mean... Yeah, I mean, I kind of... What goes around comes around, dude. I can kind of go either way. Um, So here's kind of part of the letter. Um... So they, um, we've lost our father and our mother in such a way, so we cannot compose the expenses and the cost, but we shall commit to your wisdom to the judge of, but after our father's death, the sheriff threatened to seize our father's estate and for fear that we would not comply with him and pay 11 pounds um, and six shillings in money by all of which we did not have. So this guy was trying to take all of their money and all of their property that they actually didn't even have. Yeah. So this is what he submitted to the court. So he didn't waste any time after his father's death. His, well, father-in-law's death. Mm -hmm. He went out and submitted to the court. Um, in 1711, Massachusetts passed a bill clearing some of the names of the accused witches, including Giles and um, Martha. And they actually paid respiration um, for the imprisonment and deaths of them. Of their families. Which, I mean, I guess is good, but, like, you still killed them for literally nothing. So here's where it gets to the urban legend and the curse. So, it has been long rumored that Corey placed a curse on Salem and its sheriffs during his torture by shouting out, damn you, I curse you, and Salem um, to the sheriff at that time before he died. Four years after Corey's death, the sheriff suddenly had a heart attack and died at just 30 years old. Local legends suggest that Corey did not only curse Corwin, the sheriff that died, but every sheriff since 1692. I would not want to be sheriff in that town. Right. In 1970, after Salem's sheriff, Robert, was forced to retire early due to stroke and heart attack and a rare blood condition, he looked into the history of the sheriff's off sheriff's off sheriff's office and as described in the book cursed in new england i think is what it's called um new england about 300 years later in 1978 um robert while in office suffered a rare rare blood disease a heart attack and a stroke doctors could not find the cause of all of this he was forced into retirement as sheriff um today he lives in florida his notes say that he contracted the serious blood disease while he was in office, forcing him to retire. Um, I'm reading forward because I don't think any of this makes any sense. It doesn't have anything to the story. Um, but he did believe the sheriff's office was... Like that position was haunted? Yes, because it wasn't just him. Like There were so many people that were killed, like so many sheriffs... Like, one almost every 10, 20 years. Was it all from a heart attack? No. Oh. There's some from strokes, some from heart attacks, some... So heart... It's a stressful... It's like... It's a stressful job for one, so that could have been just what it is, but a lot of them died. Um, 
but no sheriff since so the sheriff's office was moved from Salem to its new position um, in Middleton in 1991. And since then, no future sheriffs have had any um, diagnosis of heart conditions or blood problems. So it's probably just the office, like the location, because it's an old office, especially if that's where he was killed. Like, obviously, his spirit's going to chill there. Definitely. So locals still believe, though, that Corey's ghost haunts the cemetery. Um, They've seen him before. And after that, um, after seeing him, things would happen around town. Um, They actually say that he is the reason for shortly before the Great Salem Fire in 1914, a witness saw a ghost figure of an old man floating through the cemetery. The fire actually started um, near the area, the area of Gallows Hill and the Proctor um, Lodge. So that's where all 18 people were hung for witchcraft. So at this point, I'm sure it's a pretty paranormal hotspot. I can believe it too. So Giles is kind of all over the place. So he has been in multiple plays on Broadway and off Broadway. Um, he actually has his own story written about him. It's called Giles Corey during the 19th century. Um, and the story has kept going on and on. Uh, he does have a memorial marker located in Salem along with Martha and Martha has two memorial markers near the farm where she was from and then where she was hung. So this whole thing is kind of like a weird one because it's, it's an urban legend that it is a curse, but at the same time, uh, I think that it was just in itself, the old building, you know, you have septus, you have, you have a lot of different things that could have played into what happened. The stress of the job. It could have been a pre-existing condition that they didn't know about that didn't flare up until they got the job because of the stress. Like, there's so many different things, but, I mean, I don't know. The ghosty ghosty was very upsetty wetty But I loved it. <laughs> Shut up. But I love it because you know, like, you people don't know, but Miranda knows. I love Salem. Salem is, like, my dream. Like, I love... She's fucking weird. I love Salem. I love anything creepy. I love Halloween. I love... Anything that happens. I mean, to do. wonder what our podcast is about. Well, wow. Well, yeah, because it's my favorite thing in the world. But Salem's kind of a really has a, a big place in my heart. Well, I mean, it also has so much history behind it. Like it plays into so many different aspects of everything, like witches and the jacked up justice system, the everything. Like there's so many different things that it just kind of feeds into that it's such a fascinating place very fascinating so that concludes my story that i can barely get out because i can't talk today at all thank god that i'm over (laughs) well hope you guys enjoyed her inability (laughs) yeah her inability to speak you know just the everyday just the huge just the huge just me well let us know what you think as always Follow us on social media. I mean, if you want to. We would greatly no pressure at <laughs> all. I mean, you can just find us at SWTWC Podcast. You know, if you're just curious and scrolling through Instagram, you're like, oh, let's follow these two girls that I listen to talk for 30 minutes every 
Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Please tell your friends, share, comments. Yeah, we're trying to get things set up, but you know, it's the end of the year, so next year is big for us. We have a lot of stuff planned. I'm gonna expand that listener base. So if y'all have any tips or tricks, let us let know. us know. And as always, stay spooky. You're the one that always says it. Oh, stay spooky! <laughs> oh, I was just kidding. <laughs>